Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to talk about change as it relates to the Men of Peace program. But before we do that, I want to remind you of the resources we have available to you at chrismoles.org. In addition to the podcast, you'll find past blog posts, you'll find coaching-based resources, and you'll find information about PeaceWorks University. PeaceWorks University is our online membership community, and we would love to have you a part of that community. So if you are benefiting from what you're hearing from the PeaceWorks podcast, then PeaceWorks University is your best next step. So on today's episode, I want to answer a question and then talk a little bit about our upcoming Men of Peace launch. At the time of this recording, we are approaching the end of October, uh, which will be our launch date for the new Men of Peace self-paced course. And with that in mind, we received this question about change that I wanted to pass on to you guys. The questioner says, my husband acknowledges the problem. And then there's a caveat on some level. So there's a partial acknowledgement. Says things like, I am changing. um, And then insists that the remedy moving forward for he and his partner is uh, marriage counseling, talking together, going on dates, and so on. Uh, The questioner says, I know that's not enough, but when I ask him to get individual counseling, go to coaching, establish accountability to address the abuse, he refuses. And I would say what you're dealing with, I mean, I wish I had a a more um, desirable answer, but I think what you're interacting with is an individual who is showing that they are willful as opposed to willing. Anytime you're engaging in a process of change, you have to have a willing participant. And the unfortunate reality is sometimes, I shouldn't say sometimes, many times, uh, the most willing partner or, or party is the abuser's partner, the individual who wants to see them change. But for abusive individuals in particular, Change is less than desirable because, for many of them, they already have everything they want. There's few motivations to change. That's why consequences tend to be a a pretty fruitful response, a pretty fruitful uh, response for desired change. It, It tends to motivate individuals, not always. But consequences tend to be something that motivates folks to at least seek help or begin the process. So I just want to say from the outset, I mean, if you're experiencing this kind of resistance or continued control of the process, maybe your partner has admitted or acknowledged that there are some abusive aspects to their behavior. However, they don't want to follow the prescribed best practices Uh, they would rather establish their own process of change, then I think what you're experiencing is somebody who's not willing or someone who really desires change. So think about it this way. If, if for instance, you're listening in 
and you have identified yourself as abusive. Maybe you have been on this road for a while, and I know we have some some guys in particular that listen to the podcast that have been um, coercive and controlling, and they're in these situations where they're trying to decide how they're going to move forward. If that describes you and you have been abusive, then one of the things you have to do is give up aspects of control to move forward. If this problem is based in control, like like your desire to continue to control, then the first thing I think you should surrender is control of the change process. While only you can make those changes, it's important that you give other people a voice into how that happens, in particular, your partner, but also accountability, such as pastors and counselors who can come alongside and love you enough to say, this isn't working. You have to surrender. You have to give up to a degree. And in our questioners, you know, in the question that's giving today, you know, we see an individual who is willing to do certain things. But all of those things continue to perpetuate and continue to uh, bolster their position. It's, it's helpful to them. Of course, if you have been abusive and your partner has set boundaries that restrict your communication, you're going to want to talk to them. You're going to want to go on dates with them. You're going to want to go to marriage counseling with them. When your primary objective is to end the consequence, then your remedies will focus in on that reality, right? So the consequence is we're not together, we're separated. So I'm looking for remedies to that. How do we get us back together? And the real question is, are you willing to look for remedies for what caused the separation? What broke the relationship? And until then, uh, I I don't know that you're gonna see, excuse me, see or experience any type of real and certainly not lasting change because that type of change comes from a position and a place and a desire, right? A willingness to address the key problem. Now, that said, that's one of the reasons why in Men of Peace, we recommend that everybody establish accountability because without accountability, all you're doing is disseminating information. You're just rehearsing information, good information. But in order for that information to uh, accompany transformation, and certainly the reformation piece we talk about of, of moving forward in progressive sanctification, it helps to have people around you that love you enough to tell you hard things, to communicate to you where you still need sharpened. And so that's why in Men of Peace, we recommend the the creation of what we call shepherding teams. Now, for those of you who are listening who maybe are considering joining Men of Peace and uh, using that program, the temptation for you is going to be to get individuals around you who will collude with you, who will tell you what you want to hear. And, I, and I'll just lay this out right here on the podcast because it'll be laid out again in Men of Peace. Don't, don't do it. Don't Don't step into Men of Peace if you're going to attempt to game the system. It it won't work. You may get some compliance for a short period of time, but because we're dealing with root and fruit, eventually the rotten behavior uh, 
drawn from a willful heart will show its ugly face again. You'll be right back where you started, only worse, because now you have, you know, seemingly made an attempt to change, but not really put the effort and the work into it. So when I reflect back on our questioner for today, I I really, I wish I had more hopeful statements for her, but I do think that you are accurate in that your desire for counseling, coaching, accountability is the right direction. And his resistance to that is just confirmation that he's unwilling to change, unwilling to make the the necessary uh, changes to his behavior and his life um, to move forward. Now, when we talk about change and when we talk about the direction for change, <clears throat> uh, we tend to lay all this out in men of peace. And so I do want to give the questioner that option, but understanding that without accountability and a real desire to participate, we shouldn't expect um, we shouldn't expect results because that person has to want the change. But let's assume for a moment that your per- your partner decides they do want to change. Then what we're going to cover in Men of Peace are three movements that you've heard me talk about before, along with two pivot points uh, along the path. And so we have a success path that we call the W. And the first thing that we would do is w- what we call addressing the information so if you're listening today and <clears throat> excuse me, you identify as an abusive individual, this could be a helpful uh, self-reflection for you. We ask questions uh, of the individual such as, what did you do? Like, what were the abusive behaviors that you took part in? And you'll begin to get disclosures like, I called her a name. I uh, strangled her. I restrained her. I use the finances against her. I use the children. And you'll get more specifics and more specifics and more specifics. And you see, when you've got that type of accountability, when someone is willing to begin to acknowledge, and if you go back to our question, the question said that my husband acknowledges the problem on some level. But what we're talking about is acknowledging the problem in specifics. Like being really being able to say, here's what I did. Here's what I wanted when I did that. And then here's the impact of what I did. Once you can ink that, and and we talk about, you know, don't just think it, ink it, like write it down. Once you start writing those realities down and self-reflecting over the history of your relationship, and you can look back and you can say, wow, I restrained my partner. I hit my partner. I called my partner these awful names and Why did I do that? I wanted her to submit. I wanted her to be quiet. I wanted to be respected. What's that say about my heart? What says that I'm entitled? It says that um, I feel like I deserve to be treated a certain way. I feel like I can treat her a certain way. What was the impact? It left her afraid. It left her um, doubting herself. She was, um, she felt guilty, right? really being able to reflect on that information then allows you to take ownership. And then that's the question. Are you responsible? And some guys, let's be honest, they'll say, no, I wouldn't be like that if she wasn't. Or if my dad had done this, or if my job wasn't so stressful. And all of those excuses are just that. They're just excuses. 
But if you're willing to take ownership and accountability, you know, to our questioner's point here, you can move from understanding or acknowledging some level to actually understanding and, and acknowledging at the heart level. And if you can have that type of acknowledgement, then I think transformation is possible. So when he says back to her, I've changed or I'm changing, it's based on whose standard? I think it's based on this standard of a partial understanding instead of the real hard work of accountability and self-reflection. Because it's then that you can take that, that responsibility, that ownership to the foot of the cross and embrace the provisional, positional, and practical aspects of the gospel. That's the transformation piece. You see, we start with the information piece because we want to make sure that we're acknowledging in specifics not just what we did, but what we wanted and the effect that it had. We want to take ownership and responsibility for that and then take that to the cross and accept the aspects of the gospel. And then that leads to the second pivot point, and that's surrender. Will I abandon control for the sovereignty of God? Will I uh, put off, as it were, these old motives, these selfish motives, this prideful heart, and will I put on the mind of Christ? Because Philippians 2 tells us that that's the mind of Christ is humility. It runs in stark contrast to the prideful, willful heart of the abuser, the individual who wants to dictate the process, as opposed to somebody who wants to surrender, right, and, uh, and allow others to join them and sharpen them and help them. And of course, when surrender happens, uh, then we can move on to the Reformation piece, which is the actual, you know, progressive sanctification, putting off and putting on. You know, moving from violence to gentleness, moving from ridicule to emotional support, moving from using the children to shepherding the children, moving from financial abuse to financial stewardship, and on and on and on. Um, but we really can't get there until we've done that early hard work of acknowledgement. And I think for the question coming in today, I think that's where um, I think that's where your partner is. That there hasn't been a true acknowledgement of the depth of the hurt and the pain and there hasn't been an acceptance of the abuse. Uh, or else I think there would be a willingness to participate. And maybe you're listening in today and, and that's you. Maybe you too are hostile to the process of change. Maybe you're resistant to the process of change. Uh, would you just take a few moments after this podcast is over just to ask the Lord to soften your heart? Maybe you can't claim to be a believer, but you just cannot fathom the idea of giving up control to pursue change. Well, can I ask you just to ask God to soften your heart, to make you open and vulnerable for a change, to be willing to listen and grow and surrender even and watch what he does. Watch what he does when you begin to uh, correctly self-reflect and think through the ways in which you treated your partner. Well, allow him to bring conviction into your heart as you think through your motives and the impact. And then know that there's provision for that uh, if you're willing to take ownership if you're willing to put aside the blame shifting and walk in the light. Well, I hope that's been helpful today. Um, I appreciate the question so much, and I, I wish there was a solution that would uh, 
magically or supernaturally just change a person's perception so that they would pursue help. But I think it is good to know that um, that willfulness, that persistent willfulness is going to hold us back and going to keep individuals from changing. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about uh, Men of Peace and the, the, the upcoming release at the end of this month, you know, please visit menofpeace.org. Continue to visit, interact with chrismoles.org, and continue to listen to the podcast. We're so thankful for all of you guys that join us regularly and look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, God bless.